You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey, everyone. February 22nd, Tennis.com podcast. It's a two-man show today. Steve Tigner had to, I think, play because of the good weather in the New York City area. This is pretty pretty good stuff for tennis players here. So I'm here, Ed McGrogan, with Richard Pagliaro, who is playing himself tonight, uh, another another match. Um, so it, it's pretty good times if, if you're a player, a watcher of the game as well. Um, the men's side, we know about that a lot. But I think, as I was just saying here, Victoria Zarenka, I think very slowly is actually moving the needle a little bit with, with her start here, 17-0 now. Now, today she did pull out of the tournament in Dubai, but I don't uh, want to hold that against her for any reason. I think this is actually a good time to kind of take stock of really where she is, what she's accomplished. Um, she's won three tournaments, but all of them you could consider pretty sizable ones. There's obviously the Aussie Open. She started out the year in Sydney, which was a draw that was basically as good enough as the round of 32 at a Grand Slam. And she just won in Doha last week, um, that after pulling herself out of Fed Cup because of injury, the injury kind of came back a little bit during that term, but she still won it. Um, so I think it was a very smart move today for her to really take a step back. I think I read that this is the first time that she'll be in back home in Belarus before she gets to play in Indian Wells. Um, so, you know, it's much deserved, of course, too. So she's off to 17-0 star. And we really haven't seen many starts of this length of these unbeaten runs on the women's side for a little while. Um, the last one that comes to mind I, I read was Sharapova in 2008. She goes 18-0 to start. And, you know, the other women that have done this are really all-time great. Serena, Martina Hengis, um, and Steffi Graf had some longer runs there. So... I guess, Richard, the question I have is, is after this start from Mazarenka, really what do you expect to see from her the rest of the year in terms of whether it's slams or titles or, or if we want to think about maybe if we want to just want to judge her on consistency, staying at the top, you know, what do you expect from Azarenka going forward? Well, it's, we're a month and a half into the year. She's got three titles. So, I mean, she's, I would not be shocked if she ended up with six, seven, eight titles. And, uh, yeah, I would expect her if she stays healthy and the ankle injury isn't a chronic thing. I mean, I would expect her to contend at every single major. You know, she's got the game. She's physically fit. And I think the big thing is mentally she doesn't get in her own way now. She doesn't let the anxiety, the anger, the frustration kind of drag her down. She allows herself to just play. And and you see how it, it all flows. I mean, even going back to the Australian Open when she played uh, Delacroix, the Aussie wild card, and the fans were, you know, mimicking the shriek, kind of mocking her. She just tuned it out and, and sort of uh, stayed the course. So I think that it's a big um, part of the maturation process, just her, her mentality now. Yeah, very, very confident, I think, and at the top spot. And I, I think that the big thing with her that I think a lot of people are noticing is that that ranking is really emboldening her. And she is someone who um, is really embracing the challenge of who, you know, whoever kind of comes at her, whether it be kind of critics, even, you know, we're talking, she's heard 50 million times about, about her, about the voice she, she does when she, uh, when she plays, but for the players as well, she hasn't backed down from, you know, from the challenges. And, and this is someone who, 
really just, I think, a year or two at the most ago, uh, was leading Serena Williams 6-0-4-0 at the Australian Open and ends up losing a match, just a, um, a, a result that would devastate someone for a while. And, and maybe it did for a while, but she quickly really has ha, has come around, become number one, I think, when people were ready for, for a, a new a new person at the top there of the tour. And, and really, it... Um, you know, I don't ever, I don't want to make these comparisons to Novak Djokovic at all. I think they're really kind of short-sighted, and and you know what he did last year and everything. But, but the only comparison I could say is that we're really starting to take notice of Azarenka in a way that we hadn't before. That uh, you know, Djokovic before his 2011 season, you know, wasn't necessarily seen as as that pillar, the someone super that you, consistently you could rely on. But Azarenka, I think, really is becoming that. I've been pretty impressed so far. It's a good analogy, and also I think you raise a good point that she went back to Australia, a place where she had that painful conclusion to Serena and kind of conquered the place too. I mean, she had good memories there going deep, but those 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 losses to Serena it was tough because she physically and some people felt mentally was a little bit soft and that like Djokovic had been accused of early in her career in his career. I mean, so for her to come back and do it there, I thought was really significant. And also to beat Kleister as a defending champion and a huge popular favorite in Australia. That's a, it's, it takes a lot, you know, to be mentally strong enough to stand up to that. And even going back to Sydney, the final against Lee Na and Lee Na had huge support in that match. So I think it's a big thing for her to be able to stand up to the stadium as well as the other players. And, you know, I hope Kvitova comes back healthy because I think the Azarenka-Kvitova rivalry, I, I mean, women's tennis, we're always talking about the rivalry, the rivalry. I think that's a real legitimate potential long-term two young players, you know, both Grand Slam champions who, you know, have a world of potential between them. I'd love to see that come off. Yeah, Kvitova is actually the person I was going to bring in next along with a couple of others, but it's really her. Um, the Azarenka has beaten, like I said, a lot of impressive players this year. Kleister's Azarenka at, at Australia was a huge one there. Um, we're, we actually have a, a photo gallery up coming on the site that details all her ones. She's actually, oddly enough, beaten uh, Agnieszka Radwanska three, three times. times. It's very, very <laughs> yeah. kind of strange. It's like the Federer Djokovic <laughs> thing of a couple of years back where she just always ends up playing her. Um, but she actually ha- she has not beaten Petra Kvitova this year, who, like you say, I think a lot of people um, put those two as the as as really logical sort of rivals and and would put Kvitova also kind of against Azarenka um, in terms of her abilities as well. She also you know, not through no fault of her own, she hasn't beaten Serena this year. She also hasn't played Wozniacki this year, which I think is kind of another interesting match that ever developed because Wozniacki um, the d- recently deposed number one here. Steve Tigner had a really good line in a, in a recent piece of his. This was when Azarenka was still scheduled to play in Dubai that um, he would love to see the Azarenka-Wozniacki match because it could either cement Vika's ascent and Carol's decline or just turn everything upside down again. So I, do we at all need to kind of hold reservation on her until specifically she plays Kvitova or um, is that really kind of irrelevant at this point to you? I think she's really solidified her status just with this run early. I know it's early. We're only two months in, but I mean, long-term, I really like Kvitova's game. I think she can do a little bit more with the serve. But having said that, Azarenka is one of the best 
returners without a doubt right now. And her backhand return, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best two-handed backhand returns they've seen in a long time. So I like that matchup because of the natural, the lefty, the big server, the returner, the righty. I think it is a lot of dynamic there. And the other thing I like about Azarenka is I always thought of her, at least initially, early in her career as a pure power player. And you saw in Australia, she's changed up the speed. She threw in the drop shot. She'll throw in a slice. She'll come in once in a while. She's really tried to expand her game and not just, you know, there's other number ones in the recent past that we've, all sort of thought have been guilty of just kind of standing pat, getting there and just repeating the same game over and over. And I think she's tried to expand a little bit and you got to give her credit for that too. Yeah. It's, um, it really kind of has, um, has put a lot of eyes on, on what she's on her, what she's done, et cetera. And I, um, actually think that in the coming month of March, when you have Indian Wells in Miami, these two big events, I really think that they, um, sort of mean a lot more and maybe it may give the WTA um, kind of its time to shine here. I think, I think the women's tournaments are actually a little more intriguing in some ways. Uh, like I said, we have not seen yet Kvitova Azarenka. That's, you know, a potential match we could see there, but also it's really at this point, uh, Azarenka is going to come into Indian Wells unbeaten. I think once sports fans and streaks, it's, it's, it's a thing that, People love to follow, love to keep up. We keep up with. Sure. I think every match of hers is really, in its own way, going to be kind of a little of a must-see affair. Not just for how she's playing, but really the upset potential as well. Just to see how she keeps this going, and and Azarenka could. Um, she has some things going in her favor too for any walls besides how she's doing. She's not going to see Serena there or Kim Kleischer's neither right. of them will be there. And then in Miami, she's won that event two times. And she's looked really good doing it in Miami. I mean, she destroyed her. I know Serena wasn't hundred percent and she destroyed Sharapova there too. She's played some of her best tennis in Miami. That's a great surface for her. And she loves the, uh, she loves the whole vibe there. Yeah. So, so I do think overall, it, it, this is um, a, a very positive, I, I think the best way that the women's uh, game could have could have got off this year. I, th- I think, um, you know, I think it. I think fans are very much growing stale of, of what was going on, and, and and I think, and to Azarenka's credit, really, the pressure had been kind of mounting on these other players to really sort of take the opportunity that was there. That if winning the Aust- if you could win the Australian Open, you'd probably become number one, and and she's did that in Australia and it, and has continued it thereafter. And I think, um, March is shapes up very interestingly for herself, for Kvitova and really just, you know, the rest of the tour We're also going to see at some point, um, you know, Serena and Kleist is probably back. You probably see Venus Williams as well in Miami, I would think by then. So, um, it does shape up as a pretty good month. Not, you know, notwithstanding what the men's game is doing. None of us are going to say, we don't want to see another Nadal Djokovic type match, but I, I do think there is a little more on the line for the top women where the men have really um, gotten to a point where um, the slams are just are really the things that, you know, really decide things. And, and you know, you know, a Masters event, obviously, if that statue is a big deal, but it, it may not be in relative terms. So. I think there's cause for optimism in the women's game because obviously you're seeing the younger set, you know, the younger generation. Of Victoria and uh, Petra stepping up and Wozniacki still in the mix, Radwanska still in the mix. But at the same time, it's an Olympic year. So you see the veterans like Serena and Kleister's really, I think, going to be really super motivated 
you know, for the duration of the year, especially pushing up through the Olympics. And the other thing interesting to me about Azarenka is usually streaks. You think, well, with each win as she prolongs it, it's more pressure and pressure. I think it's the opposite with her in the, in that it almost emotionally stabilizes her because she knows she can do it. And whereas earlier in her career, maybe she had a little bit of a rap like a Zvonareva, a talented player, but a little bit flaky, a little bit emotionally volatile. And she's eradicated that uh, to this point in, in this season. Yep. So good job, Victoria. I think that's what we can say here from uh, from tennis offices, and we'll see where it goes next. Like you said, we'll see her again in Indian Wells. Um, tournament this week in Dubai will go on, and, and we'll see who takes that as well to uh, you know take advantage of the opportunity that she did earlier. So anyways, for Richard Pagaro, I am Ed McGrogan. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 